Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inspiration for Your Soul. I'm Callie Rawson, and today's guest is Sergio Navaretta. He's an internationally award-winning director who is fiercely passionate about bringing meaningful content to the screen. He draws inspiration from Italian neorealism and considers his work an exploration of the human condition. Sergio's projects are touching, relevant, inclusive, often humorous, and most importantly, entertaining. He's currently hard at work innovating creative ways for his projects and the film industry at large to press on during the unprecedented COVID-19 crisis. He's the co-founder of Snap Films Incorporated, along with Alessandra Piccioni, who are meaningful content creators who develop and create entertaining and meaningful films, television series, and other media for a worldwide audience. This episode brought to you by RFAM Networks. Thank you so much for your support by sharing our episodes and along with your contributions that help get these inspirational stories to those who need to hear them. Have an amazing day with your loved ones. Good morning. Good morning. Hi there. Hi there. How are you? Great. It's Sergio. This is an exciting time for you. It is indeed. <laughs> it is indeed. Congratulations. Happy Sunday. I'm just going to mute my phone because... Oh, yeah. Ding, ding. Sundays. Notifications. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love your place. I love the guitar. It's cool. You know, I was just going to say that to you because I was reading that you went to the Royal Conservatory of Music and it doesn't specifically say what instrument you played. And then I saw, I'm like, perfect. So. Well, I, uh, yeah, the, the first instrument I studied was not the coolest, so I don't promote it. It was the accordion. Oh, uh, oh no, that is cool. That is so oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know better when I was five, but. Um, you I played the accordion when you were five? Yeah, and then when I was eight, I uh, I moved into vocals. So I, I did vocal training from the age of eight till about 13 when my voice started to change. Uh, that's when I stopped. <laughs> so you truly are a Renaissance man. I mean, you've I done mean, the gamut. I, very you know, I have, um, I have a coach uh, because I know it's it's not uh, typical in in the arts and in film to have a coach, but uh, I look at sports as a great metaphor because I love sports and there's not a single athlete on the planet that doesn't have performance coaches. So so that was important to me, and it, it took me years for my coach to kind of um, you know confirm this idea that I'm, I'm an artist and I always have been, and that's my gift, and that's what I have to share with the world. It. Uh, I was never brought up to, to even use the word artist, you know, it was something we were taught that's bestowed onto you if, if, you know, you have that privilege, but never go around saying you're an artist and, and by the way, go get an education and a real job, like become a lawyer or something. So anyway, it took me a long time to kind of um, unlearn some of those learnings. And um, now I'm on the other side of that, you know, accepting who I am and just uh, knowing that that's the gift and, you know, it's almost, uh, sinful to not share it so and i love that so you're an italian as well i mean you have italian I, blood in you so i do i i, 
I did my first film in Italy um, in 2000. And wow, they they think so differently. You know, they come from the inside instead of from the outside. Yes, they um they do things. You know, it's funny you mention this because I was just having a conversation about this this morning. Is how I forget when I go back to Italy, I realize how far I've come, I've, I've gone from my true self, my core. Um, and all this information is, is kind of like trapped in my DNA. And, you know, it's, it's, I think the key for all people is really to tap into that. And what they do right is they really live in the, in the present moment. There isn't a desire to chase the American dream, to build, you know, Rome's been built. It's been built for 2000 years. So there isn't really, this kind of angst of, you know, having to create and build an empire and legacy. Um, they really live, you know, when people talk about live in the present moment, they really get that in spades. I think the downside of the culture is that um, a lot of the youth, at least in my humble observation, is they've lost the ability to dream. And uh, so that's the part of the culture that, uh, you know, I think could be improved. But certainly I draw from from the uh, positive things in my culture and uh, and it informs my work as an artist. You know, <clears throat> remembering who you are. No, that's it. Just remembering. Yeah. And that word, remember, if you actually split it up, re-member, it's actually just <laughs> Putting pieces together. Yeah. True. So I, I had heard that you on the sets, um, do you do this on every set? Do you play music? like on breaks like is that like your normal thing for every set or did you just start doing that on the cuban i started doing it on the cuban because i was taught to not do that so again i had to unlearn the way that things are done conventionally and kind of reinvent some of that so when i proposed it initially um you know i got some resistance like how are we gonna you know get the sound and you know yeah you're gonna have a few sound issues uh, admittedly but um, after we we did a ton of research on the effects of music on the mind, and um, we met some of the most brilliant people in the field, um, we realized the power of music and really uh, started to reflect on how that could be used to kind of elevate an experience. And so much so that one day um, a union rep showed up on set expecting, you know, God knows what, and then she pulls me aside, she says, wow, everybody's so happy and everyone's dancing and it's like seven in the morning and everybody's in a good mood. And I said, well, that's like Afro Cuban jazz, man. That is like, you know, that's, that's what makes that music so beautiful. It has that power to transcend all those barriers. And, uh, and so, yeah, I used it between takes and then, you know, actors like Luke Gossett Jr. is like, can I have that song that, you know, cause it, it's like, it's, it gets you into a state way faster than anything I could say or any conversations that we could have. So, yes. So I know that some of your films come from, um, one of your films came from a, um, a story from the 1900s. How did the Cuban come to you? Um, a few different ways. So initially, uh, when I had met the lead actress, the star of the movie, Anagolia, at an industry event, uh, we had expressed an interest in working on something. So around the same time, I was looking to, to reignite the creative drive in me. And uh, 
And so I said, let's just do a short film. So it's like, there's no stakes, there's no pressure about, around distribution and recoupment and all that crap. Um, and really let's get to the seed of an idea of something that inspires us all. And um, that's really where it started. And then we just developed it into a short film. Um, and then once we attached Lucasa Jr., it was, we were off to the races. I mean, Alessandra Pichon, the writer, did an incredible job writing the script, drawing from her own personal experiences. And the whole Cuban thing really came from, um, you know, my dad had passed away around the same time. He was 71, that was sudden. So for me, it was cathartic. So it was more than just making a movie. It was me finding a way to reconcile or to, to heal. And uh, he was obsessed with Cuba. I mean, we had a lot of, you know, um, tense, I guess, conversations around Cuba and, and neither of us had been there. So we both had our own ideas about what Cuba was. And then I went there and I was just like, wow, it just seduces you in a way that, um, uh, you know, I'll never forget. So that's kind of how that started. And then the music always finds finds its way in because I just love music so much, so. Yeah, there's something magical about it. I, I think it possibly might be because the sound doesn't, I mean, there's lyrics in some, but when we're children, we don't have language yet. So it really gets to the really early days even maybe even in your mom's womb mm -hmm. you know and i i also read that you know you used to go to movies with your mom and dad and you used to see how happy they were do you think that was a really you know deep influence in you becoming a filmmaker 100 percent. yeah it's it's part of my credo part of my mission is to uh create projects that make people feel um, now, one could argue, you know, horror movies make people feel. That's not the kind of feel that I'm interested in evoking or, or participating in. It's more like I want to create projects that, uh, you know, evoke conversations or, or uh, connect. Connect, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm, yeah, in some ways, I'm still, you know, trying to please my parents or, or I guess on some subconscious level or, you know, I'm still doing magic shows in the backyard. Like I'm still <laughs> this. So you do sleight I, of hands? Yeah, yeah, and charge 25 cents or whatever it was. Like it's, yeah, I've always um, just gotten so much joy out of entertaining people. Mm-hmm, wow. <laughs> so you grew up in Toronto. Yes. And I love that you're known, it says that you're internationally recognized, which means you're an international person not just from Canada but that you're international and I like that it's very yes yeah, it's um I think sometimes yeah putting us in boxes can is divisive and uh not really with you know when I was a kid I was obsessed with astronomy so I was always conscious of the fact that we're this tiny little blue planet hurling through space and we're all part of this one village this one community uh, in one race and um, you know when we start getting into the minutia of what makes us different it just drives me a little bit crazy so I um, yeah and, and one thing you know that I love about this business it, it affords you the the privilege of traveling the world and what I what I I guess what I gathered and I hope to do more traveling in the future but 
um, what I gathered is just like how similar we are. No matter where you are on the globe, the five human needs, as they say, are consistent. You know, everybody, you know, wants love. Everybody wants approval. Everyone wants safety. You know, food, the basics, right? So, um, so that's yeah. One thing I'm passionate about is just really opening up my mind and not getting caught up in the, you know, let's make a Canadian film because I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't either. It's kind of interesting yeah. how people put labels and stuff on things. Um, we live in such a corporate world and kids are being indoctrinated by labels and stuff like that. And I love that you're making movies that includes everybody because um, I was, the Dalai Lama had mentioned something that just like breath or food, the need for people to belong is a need. I mean, the need to know that you belong is is a necessity. Yes. It's not a luxury. And I love that as a filmmaker and as a leader, because as a director, you're the leader, you being all inclusive. That's probably why people come to the set very happy. Yes, because of music, but because of your inclusiveness. I try. It's, uh, I guess I was lucky to grow up in a family like I did who was very curious and inclusive in a very multicultural neighborhood. Um, and, you know, Toronto is a very multicultural city. So besides the, I guess the downside is the, you know, the ghettoization where people end up in their neighborhoods in their boxes. I think what's beautiful about that experience is just it fostered this and nurtured this creativity. I mean, this curiosity in me to kind of explore things that I didn't know or understand. and. Uh, so the Cuban really is a reflection of that, you know, because I get asked that a lot in the U.S. Why an Afghan family? Why a Cuban musician? Because these are the people I grew up with. You know, this is the the kind of experience that I was exposed to, thankfully. Um, so yeah, so that whole like immigrant experience and being first generation, all that really informed my work and and worked its way into the Cuban for sure. I really love the colors in the Cuban. I really feel like colors, like music, uh, is a healing aspect of your film. Did you do that on purpose? Or is it just... Yeah. And Cuba, um, was it your first time to go to Cuba when you started making this film or did you visit before? Yeah, so the... I'll answer the first question. The colors um, was very deliberate and because okay. In Canada, um, there's a tradition of doing service production. Everything is so quick and utilitarian, just getting it done, you know? Um, but I, I really wanted to be mindful of all the aspects and all the tools that I had at my disposal, which is wardrobe, color, camera moves, cinematography. So my partnership with Siliana, my cinematographer, was incredible. And we had a lot of conversations about that. What color should the walls be and why, you know? And I always saw the imagination as something that is, you know, colorful and saturated. So that's how I expressed it in the movie. And uh, yeah, Cuba, that was my first first time, really. Um, I never, uh, just because I've been so busy my whole life, I've never had the opportunity just to go to some resort, you know? And that's what a lot of people in Canada do. They go to Cuba, they sit on a resort, drink and eat for a week and then come home. Um, so that's why I'd never been there. I just did, you know, I think the way to experience Cuba is just to get lost in the streets 
meet the people, experience the food, the culture, and uh, and that's what we did. We we spent a good month there before shooting, um, back and forth, and really tried to absorb it, you know, as much of it as we could. And what it taught me is really surrender, you know, surrender to the rhythms of a culture. Don't try to come there and impose your own ideas on things. Like try to over plan or be so rigid in terms of how you you know plan on capturing shots or how you see things. Because in a place like Cuba, it's literally moment to moment. Um, so what we ended up capturing was way better than anything I could have imagined, and that really came from my time being there. Just you know, drinking Cuban rum, smoking cigars. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with the people, playing bongos in a band, like there, yeah, anyway, a lot of experiences that uh, that went into what ended up on screen. Yeah, so I read too that you like Italian neorealism, this is called neorealism? Yes. yes. Did you use a lot of local people in your scenes? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as authentic as you can be, I mean, that's super mm -hmm. important. So yeah, mm -hmm. we we found musical families that appeared in the film and just people on the streets that wanted to be in it. Um, that just, I think, adds a, just another layer of authenticity to it. And, yeah. uh, you know, when I was starting out, I thought neorealism meant, you know, a filmmaker reflecting back reality, you know, using this art form to reflect back to the audience, the reality of the day. As I got older, I realized there's, no, there's nothing real about making a film. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you're looking at the whole spectrum, it's less contrived, let's say, than a, a big tentpole Hollywood movie or whatever. And I think those neorealistic films chronicled, you know, things that were important to the people of the times. And the artists were always the ones at the forefront of that conversation. So that's why those films are so meaningful to me. So what inspires you? about being a director or being a filmmaker i should say because being a filmmaker i see that you you work on a lot of different projects that you're not directing but you're doing a lot of you know casting consulting producing um all that what inspires you about creating this medium um i'm very cognizant of the fact that it is a powerful medium that people are paying attention. It's a medium that uh, is, uh, it just holds a lot of weight in the cultural fabric. Like it's, you know, unfortunately TikTok is becoming a little more relevant than uh, than classic cinema, but I still think it has a place in the world. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I'm just drawn to the art form. I think once the theaters open back up, I think people are gonna jump back on that bandwagon. <laughs> I hope so. I think being stuck in this box, oh my gosh. It's Ooh. been tough for everyone. You know? I wonder how, how that's going to affect people. You know, I hope it doesn't have long-term effects. Well, yeah, I, we all have grandparents that went through World War II and look how it affected them. A lot of them never spoke about it. Some of them, at least that had that, you know, first-hand experience with such a traumatic war like that, um, just there's a bit of an, a, a detachment there, you know, whether it's Holocaust survivors or people that just experience war in general, I think that uh, there's no way that it could not affect you. So I think this pandemic will have long-term effects. 
But the silver lining, I think, is it, it taught us a lot. I think we can all admit on some level that we were just running way too fast and um, the frenetic pace of life just wasn't working. So when people say, you know, I can't wait to return to normal, I'm terrified of that notion. Hopefully, like that, there's some show I used to watch. It's called Wife Swapping or something. And once those two people came back to their real lives, they kind of adopted some of the things that were that worked. So hopefully, you know, people will adopt what worked and yes. leave out what didn't. And but I do think, you know, it, it brought a lot of people together. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's apps like Clubhouse that I just love. Like mm -hmm. last night, you know, I, I just happened to be in this room and Malcolm McDowell was there, you know, having in-depth conversations about his career and the founder of Clubhouse. Like it's, I think what makes this period in our, in our history unique is that we're all in this together. So like every single person on earth has been affected. So I think there's this pent up uh, desire for us to connect somehow. And uh, it's apps like that, that I think create those communities that we can plug into. Wow. You just made me really aware that that's one thing we have in common. Like 9-11 happened in the United States, but yes. pandemic, wow. I totally just got that. It happened to the entire planet. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's cool that you made me aware of that. It's really profound. I think we truly are all connected. I do a lot of meditating and I think I'm hoping that this connects. So um, on your next film, you're working on your next film right now. Can you uh, talk about, can you yes. talk about it? <laughs> well, there's, yes, there's something that I want to make that is an homage to, to neorealism, to Italian cinema. Um, it's a very personal film, so it's taken me a while just to get my butt in the chair and just really start thinking it through and putting it, you know, pen to paper, uh, which is always scary because I know that once I do that, it's we're off to the races. So I'm sort of like in the stables right now, holding the horses back, just kind of really trying to think about what, you know, do I want to do this? And then there's, yeah, there's, uh, two documentary projects that I'm really passionate about that I'm looking at and uh, and then a TV series because of course TV is like you know an incredible medium to really you know limited series you can really explore arcs of characters and it's just you know I feel like that's part of the renaissance is really I find that creators are, are really expressing their voices through that medium mm -hmm. so that I'm you know have a keen eye on that as well well and what what type of characters will you be sharing about? I think it's a journey of self-discovery because that's one thing mm -hmm. I learned mm -hmm. during this pandemic is, you know, you can't teach other people how to do it uh, unless you learn more about yourself. So I think I got to know myself during this pandemic and I got really clear about what my goals are, what my priorities are, and the kind of art that I want to create and put into this world because a lot of us just get in the hustle of getting things made, not realizing that, you know, 200 years from now, when we're dead and gone, these projects are still going to be there, um, hopefully affecting people, but still be there somewhere for our children and grandchildren to see. So there's, there's a responsibility that comes with that. So I, I'm very clear about things I, I will do and things I won't do. 
and the pandemic helped clarify a lot of a lot of that for me. So this new film is really a, a journey of self-discovery through mm. through the character through the eyes of a fictional character. I love that because people can learn through other people. You know, they don't always have to go through that specific struggle to learn that. What is it called when you have that aha moment? You know, yeah. I think Epiphany. we can learn. Yeah, we can learn epiphanies through other people. So I think that's yeah. cool. So, would you share with the audience a specific time that you felt like felt really challenged and that got that derailed you? And then, how did you get back on track? Uh, professionally, or just in life? You know, the maybe one that really just like pops out for you. Yeah, I think I think it was after I did my first film um, because I put so much of myself into it, and it dealt with uh, domestic violence, dealt with racism, and we went on this journey of special screenings with domestic violence uh, survivors and uh, uh, you know government police services groups it just went on and on and on and I felt a responsibility to be there for people and um, and one day I was on the way to a film festival with a prominent filmmaker and she looked at me and she said you know you can't save the world uh, eventually your job is to make films you have to get back you have to make your next film because these screenings, this impact type work can go on forever. You have to put limits on it because you know you have to protect yourself. Um, and that I took that to heart because I realized that I was getting so far away from who I was and what I was meant to do. I mean, I'm glad that the film spoke to people and, and was able to kind of uh, spark conversations around really important social issues. Uh, but I needed to get back to making my own, my next film. And so that's the trap is really like you have some level of success and then you just get like whatever they call it performance anxiety or whatever like you just you know it's just that fear of like you know getting on to your next one and i feel that every time so that's uh something i struggle with uh, on an ongoing basis well i like the fact that what you did was you did start a thread and you had it become bigger than who you were so that you could get back to what you were doing. But that thread is continuing. And I think that's really profound. And that's a great leader is someone that can create a project that grows way beyond them. And for the domestic violence, you know, it's, um, it's a very silent situation and you brought some voice to it. That's really cool. Yeah, it was tough. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for what was to come. Like, I mean, just, you know, the testimonials, you know, people at screenings would stand up and say, you know, I was married to the police chief of the town for 40 years and I lived in silence and now I want to tell my story. I mean, it was so many moments like that that just no, I mean, nothing could have prepared me for that. I was young and, you know, thought I was being cool and making films. I knew that I was driven by, you know, uh, social messages, but, uh, I just could have never predicted that part of it. And I'm glad that, you know, film and film has the power to do that, which is really something that none of us should ever take for granted. Yeah. So it is your mentor that got you back on track. So when we started our conversation, you talked about having a coach, like every good championship person has a coach. 
So you're, I think that's great advice and coaching for people listening that, you know, if you want to be great at something, to get a coach, to get a mentor, that'll keep you on your track. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's really a, a matter of focus and perspective. And a lot of artists, especially directors, because our, our, our role is to be leaders, um, but who leads us, who helps us, who supports us? Like we don't, other than other filmmakers, but a lot of times there's even rivalries or like, you know, everyone's like staying in their lane, doing their own projects. Um, I think it's important for all, anyone who, who wants to live in that peak performance place and do and do big things in the world you need someone to tap you on the shoulder and just keep you focused and keep reminding you of your why because it's easy to forget in the midst of a lot of noise yeah and you know i think we were taught early on about winning and competition Mm -hmm. and we forget about collaborating you know having both people win and uh, I think that is a possible world to live into where everyone can win and get what they need and contribute to society and I think you're doing an extraordinary job trying (laughs) (laughs) you know um, years ago I was saying something to someone about trying and he and I've always remembered this and Yoda said it, or this guy said, Yoda said it, try is a bottomless pit in the heart of Never Never Land, ruled by the great king was gonna. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and I always say that to myself. I have to remind myself that truly anything is possible. Absolutely. If, you know, I'm going to sound, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to share my spiritual beliefs with anyone, but. Oh, I would love to hear it. There's a part of creativity that is a spiritual experience, whether people acknowledge it, believe it or not. There is, vo- there are voices out there, you know, influences, whatever, that drive some of that. And I've never met or seen someone who's operating at the highest level who's not spiritual. It's, it's just not possible. I think it was Quincy Jones that said, you know, we work hard in the studio, but we leave the door just a crack open, uh, just to let God in because you know, there's a part, there's magic that happens there. And uh, whether it's Oprah or, you know, even Michael Jackson, there was certainly something more than just, you know, what you can concoct in your own mind. I mean, it's just, it's so limiting. Um, and I've seen it in my own life. I've seen glimpses of it, uh, whether I pay attention or not, that's a different story. We're all fallible and we're human. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to make it about us and it's really not about us. Yeah. Um, so do you meditate? And do you, when you envision these um, projects that you have, do, does it come to you in your meditations? Um, it comes in dreams, in meditations, yes. In the shower a lot mm-hmm. or on long drives. Um, because for some reason, long drives gets me out of my head, Mm -hmm. you know, takes me out of the cognitive and and puts me in this kind of trance. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's where, you know, a lot of ideas come from. Yeah. Wow. 
I'm thinking that some of your future, uh, that story you were talking about, the self-discovery, he's going to be driving a lot, possibly, in that, in that movie. I don't <laughs> <Not> know. Exactly. <laughs> it's a fast car, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you going to shoot it in Italy? Probably, yeah. That's oh, my thinking. gosh. Truly, truly. Um, <laughs> that is the only country that I've gone to twice so far, you know? It, it's... Uh, it is magical. I ho- I hope everyone can experience God. And he doesn't. You don't have to go to Italy to experience God, but I I hope that people can experience that. I'm glad that you brought that up. And um and who was ever listening, if you don't, you know, if you agree with it, great. But if you don't, it's okay too. You know. Um, yeah. I love it when people can just express what they feel and what they think and uh there's there's gonna always be opposition somewhere and i'm just learning to just let that go just yeah well Mm -hmm. we're all on our own individual journeys and the notion of faith you know i was trying to explain this to my son it's like if it was presented to you in an obvious way then it just negates the whole idea of faith. faith is a choice it's whether you pay attention or not, that's really what it's about. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there's signs everywhere if you look. You know, I look at child prodigies. I, sometimes I just do it for fun. I'll go on YouTube and find some five-year-old who plays Mozart perfectly. Like, where does that come from? It's not, you know, there's no teacher on earth that can teach a five-year-old how to play like that. So yeah, I mean, you know, the, the miracles are there and, and uh, Sometimes we look even in nature and, and we're in awe. Why are we in awe? Like, you know, when you're on the top of a mountain looking down or staring at an ocean, why does that move us so much? You know, it's... Um, Majestic. I, I think there's a lot of mysteries in this world and I think scientists are finally catching up and... Well, I think Einstein was onto something. I think he, he acknowledged mm-hmm. that there's certain things that just can't be explained. Yes. Einstein and Nikola you know, study the frequencies and you'll learn more in a decade than you have the entire lifespan, right, of humanity. So you have children, how many children do you have? One that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how old is he? He is eight. Oh, what a great, great age. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. He's amazing. so wonderful. He's so lucky to have a dad like you to assist him in his creativity, whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> what does he like to do? Rock out. Oh, <laughs> oh, do you guys play together? No, no, he's way better than me. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. You're hoping that your kids are better than you, you know? Absolutely. That's so cool. I told cool. him you have to take care of me. <laughs> He's way more successful. <laughs> That way I can retire peacefully. <laughs> oh, Sergio, thank you so much. You know, I, I see you. why you're so successful. You do have a childlike attitude and heart, and I wish you so much. And I'm excited to your next project. And just thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for uh, creating this opportunity, this uh you know, this platform for us to have these conversations and 
I, you know, I can feel what's important to you. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's your calling. It's important to, to keep sharing that. You know, both my parents passed away in 2019, five months apart. And wow, music good. is truly, if I did not have my guitar, I don't think I'd be here. So that's why I created this. I was like, people need to hear other people's things and find out what gets them back on track. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So thank you for sharing yours. You know, getting a, a coach, a mentor is really, really important. Yes, a lot of it is just perspective. You know, it's really, uh, finally I got it like this year that problems are never gonna go away. We're all looking <laughs> to make problems go away or for people to stop passing away or people to stop getting, that's never gonna happen. It's the only thing that we can change is ourselves and how we respond to what happens. And uh, and I think meditation is a real important key to that because, you know, I tell young emerging filmmakers that, you know, you can learn all the technical on YouTube, but this is an inner game, not an outer game. Fix the inside, work on the inside, get to know yourself, honor yourself, get to know your strengths, and then show up in the world with that kind of energy as opposed to that desperation of looking for acknowledgement or, or approval from the outside. So mm -hmm. that's, well, that's so uh, profound. That's my Sunday morning advice. <laughs> Thank you. Super Soul Sunday. That's it. That's it. Well, have a wonderful time with your family today you. and always. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have Take a wonderful care. Sunday. Thanks for your time and thanks for doing oh, this. I really thank, appreciate it. Oh, thank you. You're amazing. And I'm thank excited you. to see what's happening in your future. I am too. I'm just a <laughs> witness. <laughs> Going along for the ride. <laughs>